0: Good morning, everybody. This is Pastor Troy Vaughn with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Good to have you here today for a time in the Word of God. Let's see here. Whoop, there it is. Somebody said, come on now. Uh, Hallelujah. We're just glad to be here in the presence of the Lord, just lifting up Jesus in this place. Uh, once again I'm Pastor Troy Bond with the Raven Institute of Ministry this is a ministry of uh, Raven Ministries International and you can get more information on the the ministry of Raven International by going to www.biggrace.com we are here Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. Eastern Time for a study in the Word of God. Sometimes we stay over longer people have questions, so if you're joining us live and you have questions, please hold those questions until after the first hour, and I'll be glad to stay with you as long as you want and answer your questions. I can't guarantee you'll like my answers, but uh, I'll answer them uh, out of my heart and what I believe that God has spoke to me. So uh, Good to be here, and thank you for joining us. Uh, Like I said, we're in the book of Romans, and this is going to be our... 71st class this is a lot of good stuff but if you're thinking to yourself I missed out you have not missed out we have uh, downloaded every single one of these uh, classes uh, onto our website in mp3 format you can go to our website once again biggrace.com b-i-g-g-r-a-c-e dot com and click on Raven Institute and all these classes are available for uh, absolute free download you can go there and, and pull those things off hand them out distribute those things And some good, good, good stuff. God is really just uh, teaching us some great things. I don't know about you, but just even as I'm doing it, man, God is just uh, ministering to me and just giving me some great stuff. If you didn't get to listen to last Friday's class, I think it's class 68, was it? Class 68 get, If you get a chance, Even if you did Go back and listen to last Friday's class I listened to it myself the other day And I'm thinking Man, this is just straight Jesus stuff right here I was getting excited to listen to it again But there's so many of those classes That are like that Throughout our study on the book of Romans That I believe that will strengthen you And encourage you And uh, sometimes you just need a little encouragement And the best place to get that Is through the word of God and So it's great to, to come into the word of God And allow it to, to get into us And to change and transform us And to build us up And to... Uh, To to really just bring that strength that you need And that help in time of trouble And I believe as we do that And we're just faithful to get into the Word The Word does get into us And we're going to see and reap the benefits Of our faithfulness in the Word Studying to show ourselves approved unto God Rightly dividing the Word of truth A workman who need not be ashamed And so, once again, good to have you Great to be here Uh, I know this is a great week We're out in the middle of the week What they call this? Hump day in the middle of Wednesday Midway through... uh, and just looking for a great uh, next couple days in the study of the word and a great weekend in Jesus and a lot of other great things that are happening as well like I said if you have any questions that you need answered you can stick around or if you listen to this in a recorded format you can email me at raven r-a-v-e-n at biggrace.com and I would be glad to answer those or call you back or whatever it is and, uh, and give you whatever I can to the best of my ability so once again good to have you let's go to the Lord in prayer Father we just thank you for this day That you have made, Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity. Uh, Lord Lord God, it's just—it is uh, uh, words cannot express, Lord Jesus, uh, how how we feel about the opportunity that you have given us to know you. Lord God, you are the Lord God, and above you there is none else. And I thank You, Lord God, that You're the one that is seated upon a throne in glory and You are not scooting over for anyone, Lord God. You're not scooting over because of our doubt, fear, unbelief. Lord God, You're not scooting over because of, of our, our our acceptance of some scientific uh, explanations. Lord God, You're not scooting over, Lord God. You are God all by Yourself, Lord Jesus. And I thank You, Lord God, that, that, that uh, for who You are, Lord God. And we love You, Lord God, not for what You do, but because who You are, that You loved us so much that You came as Emmanuel. You came as God with us. Uh, and, and you dwelt among us, Lord God, and you desired to have fellowship and a relationship with us, Lord God, uh, because of your great love for us And I, I thank you for that Lord Jesus And we just come today Lord God Just become a, because of that great love And Lord God we want to learn of you and know of you That way we can appreciate you more And that we could be obedient to you Lord God To a greater degree And so Father as we come today We just ask that our hearts and our minds Would be opened up to, to Jesus to the, the, to the person of the Holy Spirit That's come to lead and guide us into all truth Lord God we need you Lord God we are, we are so finite Lord God in the scope of your how infinite you are We are, we are, we, we are are so small Lord God and you are so great. And Lord God, we we're we're not ashamed to confess that, Lord Jesus, that we know that, that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And Lord God, in and of ourselves we have no ability, Lord God, to do or to comprehend or to, to be righteous or anything. Lord God, we are totally and completely reliant upon the, the work of the cross and upon your great love and mercy that you have shown and demonstrated to us. And so fathers, as we come today we, we just come and we just we, we literally lay it all out on the table Lord God. We 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 just give ourselves unto you because you say said, whoever will save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for your sake shall find it, Lord God. We've come, Lord God, to literally get our lives lost in you, Lord God, that we might be found in you. And Lord God, be be found, Lord God, and and be built up and strengthened, Lord God, in our faith this day. And Father, we just ask for for that encouragement, for that blessing, Lord God, (coughs) for your power and your presence to be made manifest, just show yourself strong on our behalf. Father, I pray for those that have been sick in their body, Lord God, I know we had a prayer request from Robin that... Uh, uh, kind of a uh, stranger, self, Lord Jesus we pray for a touch for her and all those Lord God that we continuously pray for for healing for victory Lord God for provision in the body of Christ and we just thank you Lord God that, that you're our source of all things Lord God and I believe we are fixing to move into an era Lord God into an hour of time before your coming Lord God that there is going to be a manifestation of your power with unprecedented Lord God uh, validity Lord God it's not going to be uh, a stadium Christianity Lord God or, or demonstration to to, to entertain the saints, but Lord God, but I believe that you're going to raise up men, women, and even children, Lord God, that are going to preach your gospel with a reckless abandon, Lord God, with a fire and a fervor and the truth, and there are going to be signs and wonders following, Lord God, not to pad the pockets of the individual, Lord God, or not to put his face on a billboard or bring the accolades of men, but Lord God, there's going to be a power and a demonstration of healings, Lord God, of, of, of people being raised from the dead, of, of fire, Lord God, being called down from heaven, Lord God, to confirm who Jesus is and declare your glory Lord God Father it's going to be That last ditch effort Lord God Literally before, the, before your return I believe that's coming And we just want to be A part of those things Lord God uh, And we just ask you To use us Lord God Equip us and prepare us now Lord God To be, be used Lord God In that hour then And we thank you for this day Bless this word Lord God Give us insight And understanding In Jesus name And everybody said Amen and amen and amen Guys, I believe that's going to happen. I believe as we, oh hallelujah! I'm just getting a witness under my spirit. As I say, this. I believe that as we intensify our commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, our commitment to the Word of God, what we're going to see is we're going to see an intensification of the reality of the power of God. Not this, not this flaky mumbo jumbo that, that we have. You know, I, I can admit, you know, and there's been times past and I've been satisfied with something less than the best that God has to offer. But I believe as as, our, as we will only be satisfied. In the In the standard that 's been established for us in the cross of calvary, I, I believe that what we 're going to see is we 're going to be an outpouring we 're going to see an outpouring that that can only be measured uh, uh, by calvary it 's going to be a, an empowerment that God is going to pour out, and people are going to marvel they 're going to say how, how, how did that, that teenager lay hands on that person and see him jump out of a wheelchair they, they haven 't been to my, my my training school on healing they haven 't been to uh, they haven 't read my book or or, or been to my uh, been to my seminar. No, they're going to say that they've been with Jesus and He's going to get the credit for it. Or, or, or Man, how can you? You, got to, you, were an, you used to be an alcoholic. How are you sharing that Word like that? Because I've got the Word of God hidden in my heart because Christ Jesus has become my Lord. And so I believe that's what's going to happen. We're going to see just an outpouring of, of God's power confirming the Word. And, and folks, don't get to be disappointed if it's not happening in the, in the, uh, the cozy confines of a, of a church sanctuary. You know why? Because most people in those places, really, they're, they're not coming to see the power and the demonstration of the Word and to be changed and transformed. It's, it's more so for, for just something that they can see for just a moment and go ahead and, and chalk that up for an experience. But I believe what's going to happen, it's going to happen in the street corners. It's going to happen in the houses of prostitution. It's going to happen in jail cells. It, it, it's going to happen on playgrounds. That God is about to do something. He's going to raise people up to just say, Lord God, I don't have the credentials, but I have Jesus and I have the desire. And it's about to break loose. And man, I just, I, I just feel it. It's going to be, I think it's going to confound. Those that think that they're wise in their own eyes, and it's going to be a power that that transcends anything else that we could ever see. So, get ready, folks! Buckle up and 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 grab hold of Jesus, and 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 just begin to say, "God, do a work of, of in my heart." That, that Lord God, you can use me when that time comes. And that, that's 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 what I'm in line for, folks. I don't feel like I've arrived at all, and I believe we're just scratching the surface of really what God has for us. So. But it starts right here. It starts in getting into the word and knowing what God expects and knowing who God is and just walking in obedience to those guys. So ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. I bet people are wondering sometimes when they're listening to the recordings, they're not live and they hear this they hear my little drum roll. I guess I have a tendency to kinda of beat on my desk here, so that's what it does. Is. And so Romans chapter six, my brother said, I'm stirred up. Brother, I'm stirred up too. You know, I like to get stirred up so I can get sent out and do the do the stuff that God wants me to do. And you know, it's stirring time. You know, it's it's the whole First Timothy chapter four. You know, stir up the gifts that are within. you. You know, God has deposited His person, His Spirit inside of us to do great and mighty exploits for the kingdom. Okay, for his kingdom. And you know, his, uh, his kingdom, the kingdom of God, does not come with observation, but it's within us. And he wants to stir up his kingdom within us that we can pour out and we can uh, extend the influence of his kingdom into hearts, lives, and souls. And when I say that, I'm not, I'm not saying extend his kingdom into seats of government. No, listen, folks, uh, who, who the president is. For me at this juncture, uh, it doesn't matter to me if it's a Republican or a Democrat because God is going to be glorified. I'm going to preach the same gospel regardless of who's in the White House or who's in a Senate seat. It's not going to change because the Bible says that it's God that raises up one and puts down another, that it doesn't come from the north, south, east, and west. And the Word of God also declares that the government shall be upon Jesus' shoulders and, and, and to it there will there'll be no end and that the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God. And so what I'm doing is I'm just cutting to the chase. I'm not going to preach the kingdom of this world type of gospel. I just want to go straight and preach the kingdom of our God that may not come with observation, but it's inside of us. And we got that word of proclamation and declaration that changes hearts and lives, not for a moment, or not for the next four years, but for eternity in Jesus' name. So, I'll stop preaching that for just a minute, and we'll get into Romans chapter 6. But Romans chapter 6, I'm going to read verses 1 through 70, what we've been talking about. It says, What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You you better not be saying that anymore. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Do you not know that so many of us that were baptized unto Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of the death, we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Somebody say destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. You know what, guys? I don't want my the, the body of sin, I don't want who I was, I don't want my old sin nature just to be maimed. You hear me? I don't want it limping. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't want it just uh, momentarily incapacitated, so to speak. I want it... Uh, destroyed. I want it to have X's for eyes. I want it to be not cold, not silly. I want it to be completely obliterated from any influence on my life. That I would no longer serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Folks, listen, we ought to be, you know, Jesus was the original dead man walking, so to speak. And we ought to be dead men walking uh, uh, in Christ Jesus. That, yeah, what? I, I'm, I'm dead, but I am yet alive in Christ Jesus. And so, folks, yesterday we dealt with the topic matter uh, that when we truly come to Christ, I want to say that word, truly come to Christ. There's a lot of people that, that come to Christ and they shake their heads and say, uh-uh, and go the other way. And they go tell people that they know Him, that they really don't. And so, but yesterday we were talking about when we truly come to Christ and are planted together with Him in the likeness of His death, or we're born again, if we use that terminology, that we are first qualified for victory. And so, when I get saved, guys, I'm qualified. And the, the, the qualification, every qualification I need the, that would, uh, would pre qualify me for everything else happens as soon as I get saved. You hear me? And so, you're not waiting for any uh, further qualification. I think that's the trap that people fall into. Once I got saved, listen, everything was done for me. And so God wasn't waiting for me to measure up, or God wasn't waiting for me to perform or to do 15 other tricks. He, I, everything was, I was. He qualified me. It's kind of like somebody going and wanting to get uh, uh, buy a car or buy a house, and they call in and give all their information, and they're pre-qualified, and the guy says, okay, you're approved for X amount of dollars, go out and get whatever you want. And so they can go shop around because they know anything that falls within those parameters that they're already qualified for. They don't have to say, well, I really want that, so let's call and put in another application. Folks, listen. When we signed, so to speak, the dotted line through faith, we were pre-qualified for every single thing that God has for us. And so we can go out, not into the car lot, but we can go out into the lot in life that God has for us. And so, we're pre-qualified to lay hands on the sick and see them recovered. We're pre-qualified to cast out devils. We're pre-qualified to believe in faith to, for the filling of the Holy Spirit, to speak in tongues and to, to, to prophesy and to give words of knowledge. And we're, we're pre-qualified for those type of things. We are pre-qualified, not because of what we did, but because who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we come into that place. And so then we become reckoned dead or rendered unto the place where we're now not just pre qualified, but now we're activated for sanctification. And so we talked about that in detail yesterday. Philippians 2.13 tells us that, For it is God that worketh in you both to will, to prequalify you, and to do His good pleasure. And so to will comes with justification or having the righteousness of God imputed into us or having it placed on deposit within us. There's a deposit set upon our account. And so every one of us that are here today that claim to know the Lord Jesus Christ have had... His, his fullness deposited in our account. And, and so you may be sitting there today thinking, well, man, why don't I realize that? Well, you, you, you're not willing to activate that deposit. You know, uh, I, I opened up a new account when I, when I moved here to Florida. And when I went in and gave them the information, and they asked me if I wanted a, a debit card or a bank card, I said, absolutely. So they sent this in the, in the mail. And so they sent me this nice, beautiful debit card. But on the front of it, it says, this card will not work until you call this 800 number and activate it with your PIN. And so, folks, I could carry around that thing, and you know what? That, that account that that number represented had money deposited. But you know what? I could put that thing in an ATM machine all day long and punch in my, my PIN code. But until I called and I activated that card, that piece of plastic was totally useless to me. Even though I had money on account. Folks, it's the exact same thing with our salvation. When Jesus Christ comes in, man, he, he deposits Himself in our life. He deposits the person of the Holy Spirit into us and we have got a, an account that is just waiting to be tapped. But, He is waiting on us to call upon Him through and to do or to activate through sanctification through that continual walk in the ways of righteousness. That way we can draw out of that account that God has for us. And so folks, if you think that you can... Uh, just uh, frivolously handle what God has entrusted you. Listen, I tell you what, you don't pull out your ATM card and just leave it laying around. What do you do? You guard those type of things. I just wish for a minute that we would guard what God has deposited inside of us to the same degree that we guard what we've deposited into a bank account. Because I guarantee when you begin to balance your account at the end of the month and you look and if something's missing if you said, I made a $1,000 deposit in the account and, and it's not there and I can't draw from it, I tell you what, you are going to throw a bona fide fit and you're going to be looking for answers. You're going to go to that bank. You're not going to sit around and say, well, I guess I just lost that money. But So why do we do the things with the Spirit of God that's been in our life? Why would you go to draw out and you're praying for somebody that's sick and they don't get up? Why don't you throw a walleye fit and say, you know what, something has is, is got in and it, it impeded my ability to withdraw what He's promised. He said He was wounded by my transgressions. Bruce for my iniquities, that the chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes that i 'm healed, that we need to be able to draw from that, that uh, by faith and that promises that God has for us, that we need to preach that word with a reckless abandon that the word says that the wicked flee when no man pursues, but that the righteous are as bold as a lion, I need to go, and I need to apply through that sanctification process and through faith I need to draw out boldness in that moment, but what happens is that old sin nature goes in and he begins to hack into our account and he begins to draw out and He begins to, to put a hold on the resources that God has put into us. But folks, I tell you what, there is a greater guarantee than the FDIC, and that is the J-E-S-U-S. Do you hear what I'm saying today? That we have, we have got an account and it has been not insured, but it has been assured by the Lord Jesus Christ and through the power of His blood. And what we need to do is we need to go right up to that desk at, to, to the cross of Calvary and say, Lord God, what is it that's inside of me that has impeded that process? What has kept me from being activated in my faith? that's kept me from walking in sanctification and holiness before God. And Lord God, whatever's in there, if somebody's hacking into that, whether it's my flesh, whether it's the adversary, whether it's bad decisions, whether it's sin, whatever those things are, Lord God, I don't want there to ever be anything that leaves me standing somewhere looking stupid when you've called me to do something and me be able to say, I'm, and, 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 and spiritually somebody across the table saying, listen, sir, do you, do you have another means of payment? Because that just that, that's coming back rejected. Folks, listen, I, I don't want my faith, I don't want my relationship, I don't want my testimony to come back rejected. I want to always be able to tap, tap into that account that God has placed in me, the Spirit of God dwelling in me and the fullness of His power and Spirit uh, uh, made manifest in our life. Do you, you get what I'm saying today? To will and to do His good pleasure. So Romans six eight says, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we should also live with Him. So once again, that word if here is probably better understood and probably better translated as saying or as a result of or since we are dead with Christ. And so, if we are dead with Christ, or as a result of, or the very fact that we have been made dead with Christ, we've been, we've been uh, uh, justified, and now we're sanctified, what, what, what does this, let me ask you this, what does this identify with us the one who, or in the way that it took our place? We, we've got to begin to identify. And so, as a result of what it does, it, or what it does do, it identifies us with Jesus who took our place as that substitutionary sacrifice and it allows us to be, have the benefit from this identification through faith uh, in the finished work of the cross of Calvary. And what I mean by that is this, folks. Once I come to that place and as a result of where it says, if we, now if we're dead with Christ, what He's done is He's given me uh, power of attorney to use His name. And so if I'm sanctified and if I'm genuinely dead in Christ Jesus and and I'm going to live in Him, He has handed me power of attorney. And what a power of attorney is, it's saying, okay, this person has the right. I've signed this document. I've placed my name upon it. I have sealed this thing. It has been notarized. It it has been validated. And so whatever they, they do, it's just as though I did it. Folks, that's exactly the promise He made. He said, the things that I do. He said, you shall do greater works because I go to be with the Father. He said, I have handed you through faith, through the new birth, through the, the, those adoption papers. I have I've given you use of my name. That what, what I did, you'll do greater works because I go to be with the Father. And So we, we've got to identify him with Him through our faith in the finished work of the cross of Calvary. And So what's, what's amazing about this is that this disposition or identification now becomes a settled matter of fact... An expectancy for anyone claiming to be in Christ Jesus, and so, folks, I don't have to sit around and try to convince the world. I don't have to convince the atheist of the existence of God. It is a settled fact in my life. And so, what they've got to do is they've got to. They, they're, what they're trying to do is convince themselves of something else, or the unbeliever, or the lukewarm Christian. Listen, I don't have to sit around. It is a settled fact that when I'm walking in the authority of that name, when I'm walking in the power of, of that name, when I that the fact that I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but as Christ not I that lives but Christ that lives in me listen it has been it is a settled matter and I should walk in the expectancy of those type of things that God has called me to do whatever He calls me to do if He calls me to the far reaches of, of Asia man I, I ought to have the power and the, uh, the tenacity and, and the faith to go and do those type of things if He's called me into the raunchiest uh, prison yard in America to go and stand flat footed in front of rapists and serial killers and murderers or whatever it is yeah absolutely I ought to have the full confidence to do those type of things not because of me But because I stand with the name of the name one above every other name, that at the name of Jesus that every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Several years ago, we had taken a team into New Orleans during Mardi Gras. And uh, we we was coming in, and man, we were just lifting up the name of Jesus. You know, lift up the name of Jesus. And as we was coming into Jackson Square, if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of a central place there in the French Quarter. Uh, We were coming down an alley called Pirate's Alley, just lifting up the the Lord. And and on each side of it, there's these brick buildings, and one side's the St. Louis Cathedral, so it's real tall. And so it's just echoing through. And as we're coming down through there, we're, we're just lifting up Jesus, and it's about 100 yards alley, but as we got down there, I mean, we are just booming, there's a hundred or more of us that are just just declaring his name, so we get down into the the square, and uh, uh, later on there was a man that, that came to one of our people, and here's what he said, he said, I was out there in Jackson Square, and he said, I had my arm rigged up, and I was about to shoot heroin, he said, but all of a sudden, he said, I heard this sound, this name Jesus coming down. He said, literally, he said, I was chilled to the bone. and He said, I was stopped there. He said, I could not even put that needle in my vein. He said, I took it and I threw it over the fence and unrigged. He said, literally, a fear came upon me. He said, I was gripped by something that was so enormous and so huge that it was inexplicable to me. Then I saw your people coming in. The guy ended up getting saved that day. Later on, he ended up calling me on the telephone. He had moved from New Orleans to Houston, Texas. He had gotten reconciled back with his, his wife and I believe daughter and was, uh, was doing Great and serving Jesus. What was it, folks? It was us with that power of eternity, that name of Jesus, that we were walking in Him with the full expectancy that that name was going to pull down powers, principalities, strongholds. It's going to break the very back of the devil. And so we had the ability to walk in those things. So it's the, but it comes back down to the if. If I'm really doing that, or since I am dead with Christ, or as a result of that, there's an expected end in everything that I do. So, folks, if, say if. If I say that I am a partaker and a recipient of what He has done for me, if I say that I'm born again, if I say that I'm saved, if I say that I'm a disciple, if I say that I am a follower of Christ, then the next part is a settled matter. And that's what we're talking about today. It is a settled matter of of how uh, we should now, uh, in turn, uh, uh, have demonstrated as the primary characteristics of our life. Folks, listen, if I say I'm saved, boom! it's a settled matter of how I should act. Do you hear me? That's the problem with so many people in Christendom, uh, uh, and I don't mean Christian dumb like Christians that are dumb. I mean Christian dumb is, is this thing that, that proclaims the name of Christ. You know what? They, they, they walk in, they say, "Well, listen, I'm just I'm just a poor old sinner saved by grace, or I'm this or that." Folks, listen. There is a settled matter on how we should act. And they'll say, Well, you know what, you should you shouldn't judge me. Yes, we should. The matter has been settled. They have already been judged. I have already been judged. Once I said I came to Christ Jesus, the, the word of God tells me in 1 Corinthians 5, it says, Listen, we are to judge those things that are then, God will judge those things that are out. And so once it's a once I come to Christ and I, and I declare his name, I say, Jesus is my Lord, Jesus is my master. It is a settled matter of truth. It is a just like a legal precedent being set down. God has He's given us this word. He is saying how I should walk and how I should act. It is the the primary characteristic of who I am is how Jesus was. And so, it is who we are and not solely what we do, folks, that makes us a Christian. Okay? Christianity is not something we do. It's who we are. And if it's who we are, it ought to flow out of everything that we do. Do you hear me? We don't do it to become it. We are it and so we do it. Does that make sense to you? It's to will and to do His good pleasure. And so where it says that we, should, uh, we, uh, we believe that we shall also live with Him, what it does, folks, is it presents really the prescribed result of that surgical procedure of salvation that has freed us from the bondage of sin. You know, we've talked about it, that God has set us free from that sin nature. that we came in, it was like being separated uh, uh, from something that had been like a Siamese twin to us. And He pulled us apart from that sin nature and that thing that had a grip on us that was our nature. It was the only nature that we possess. And what did He do? He imparted and imputed to us through faith the divine nature of Christ Jesus. So it, came, it became not what we do; it became who we are. But that sin nature sets to the side. It's it, it is powerless as long as we allow we we leave it alone. We don't empower it through our free will. And so that sin nature sits there. And so what happens is so when it says when we believe we shall live in Him, what that does it, it tells us that now there's the result of that surgical proceeding that, that removed us from that. The the problem is, it, folks, what it would be like in, in what many Christians live like, it'd be like somebody saying, you know, I'm going to go in and I'm going to move, I'm going to remove this, this cancerous tumor from your your abdomen, and I'm going to I'm going to cut that off, but you know what? I think I'm going to sew it back into you. You're not going to do that. You're going to say, get that thing, destroy it. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to hold it for a, a piece of nostalgia, for old times sake or a good distant memory." You're saying, I don't want anything to do with that away from me. It is wicked, it is vile, it's destructive. I want that thing cut off and I want that thing uh, eradicated and exterminated from any influence it has upon my life. And so what this is saying is that there's a purpose behind the believer dying with Christ at the cross and being buried, buried with Him by faith. Folks, listen, you know, people write the book, The, the Purpose Driven Life, The Purpose Driven Church, and, and if you get right down to it, it, it really has very little to do with the purposes of God. Folks, what it is, it's, if I'm buried with Him in Christ Jesus, I'm being reflective of Him in power and in testimony and in word and in, and in deed. Everything about me is going to be exemplary in relationship to, to uh, uh, walking in the fullness of what God has instructed me to do. And so, the work does not stop just in getting saved. If it had, it would have literally come up short of what we're talking about, this prescribed order of victory that God has established for the believer. And so, folks, the purpose, and you can write this down this morning, the purpose of the new birth is not only to pay the debt of sin and to free you from the bonds of death, but to produce in you a new life in Christ Jesus. I want to say that again. The purpose of the new birth is not only to pay the debt of sin and to free you from the bonds of death, but to produce in you a new life in Christ Jesus. And so, folks, it's not just enough. You know, And God's, God's desire wasn't just, just to save you from, a, from, a, from an eternal hell and torment. What well, God wants, He wants you to have a brand new life. He wants everything about your life to be brand new. And so when He says, that if any man in Christ is, uh, uh, is in Christ, he's a new creature, you know what He means by that? He means... New. And so, uh, folks, when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, we, we come to be brand new in everything that we do. We come to, to be brand new in our thoughts. We come to be brand new in our relationships. We begin to, 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 to be brand new in our testimony, in our strength. in in, in the way that we think. Everything in Christ Jesus comes to produce a new life in Christ Jesus, not just some uh, some type of improved-upon version of the old. And, you know, if our gospel, if the gospel that we preach is not a, a gospel that is designed to produce a new life in Christ Jesus, it is not a gospel at all. Okay, you hear what I'm saying? If, if we're preaching the gospel that says, you know what, you're going to have just a better life, listen, God, He didn't come to give us a better life. He came to give us a new life, an eternal life. If, if we're preaching the gospel that says, that, just repeat this little Christian mantra and everything's going to be better for you, that's not the gospel at all. What the gospel uh, is designed to do is to strip off everything that represented the old man or that old sin nature and to make you identified completely and wholly with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God desires for it. But the modern church, or the counterfeit church, we use a lot of terms here in this class for this, it falls flat in many cases because what it does, it preaches a half-hearted message that literally results in a half-hearted convert which fails to be genuine converts in any respect uh, in accordance with the biblical standard of salvation. And so what we do is we create a generation of people that are instantaneously backslidden. Literally, they, they, they're not—they're not birthed into victory. They're—they're they're, they're birthed into into a new and greater bondage. And so, rather than just being uh, held onto the bondage of sin, now they're they're birthed into something that they got—not just the bondage of sin, but the bondage of, of some type of religious experience. And it's not anything relational. It's not anything that that demonstrates power. It's not anything that that has a transformation that causes them to to do and to say and to be what God has called them to be. But it's just... Now, I want you to be a part of an organization. Folks, listen. We're not called to be a part of an organization. We're called to be a part of the organism which is called the body of Christ. Something that that is is powerful. But when we come in and we have that half-hearted approach that we're not believing or as a result of we're not a new creature... The, the, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6.24 says this. It says, No one can serve two masters. You will either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and you'll despise the other. Folks, listen. Half-hearted Christianity, uh, h- halfway commitments, they're, they're not commitments at all. There's something that will drive us to literally despising Christ Jesus. Listen, we can't think that, you know what, as long as I'm serving Him 51% of the time or 99% of the time or I've just got a partial devotion, you just cannot do that. You can't, it doesn't say that you can serve two masters as long as one outweighs the other by a marginal amount. Listen, if we're in Christ Jesus, we're in Christ Jesus. And every single day... We've got to rise and say, God, how can I die to that, that sin nature? How can I die to that old way? How can I separate myself from those things through faith in the blood of Jesus and what you've done? Or as a result of that, how can I be more about being rather than just trying to do these things that just seem to come up flat? First 1 Kings 18.21 says this. First 1 Kings 18.21. He says, How long will you waver between two opinions? If God is God, Follow Him. But if Baal is God, follow Him. And folks, I, I say that to people all the time. You know, in, 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 in many of our classes and whatnot, we have people come in that don't believe in God. And uh, you know what? If, you, if, if somebody wants to believe that science is their God, go follow Him. You know, but I choose to believe that Jesus Christ is the is, is the Lord God Almighty made manifest in the flesh. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow Him. You know, I'm I'm not gonna sit and be halt between two opinions. I'm not gonna say I'm a Christian, but I've got my 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 doubts and my uncertainties. Listen, folks, I walked in doubt and unbelief before I got saved. I didn't get saved to walk in more doubt and unbelief. I got I got saved to to walk in the manifestation, the realization of the truth of God. That there's something more real than what I see, and it's what God has said. That it transcends my intellect, it transcends my ability to learn, it transcends any type. of of, of, of educational discovery that I might have. It is something so much bigger than me. It is so much deeper than me. It is the unsearchable riches of the person of, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, 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 the Son of the living God who has come and dwelt among us. That is who I'm serving. I'm serving someone that, that the, the Word says that, that, that He holds the universe literally in the span of His hand. That's the type of power that He holds on me. I don't want to be wishy-washy or half-hearted or serving two masters or halt between two opinions. If I say the Lord is the Lord, I'm going to serve the Lord God Almighty and the Lord God Almighty only. So really, what this does when, when Paul makes this statement, he says, we he says as a result of, or he says, because it's a settled matter, he said, we believe that we shall also live with him. It's a settled thing. And so what it does, it makes mute the, the statement made in so many pulpits, and we talked about that, which says, Well, basically the only difference between a believer and an unbeliever is the blood of Jesus. Now, have you ever heard that people say stuff? The only difference between the believer and the unbeliever is the blood of Jesus. Well, absolutely not. That's not the only uh, reason. Uh, uh, or the only difference. Or they, uh, they say uh, the only difference in the unbeliever, uh, or the old standby people, you've heard this, were just sinners saved by grace. And folks, all that stuff sounds noble. And it, and it sounds somewhat uh, religious. It, it sounds good. But at the end of the day, there's, just, there, there, there's no truth in it. Listen, we are made more than conquerors by Christ Jesus. We're, we're not just the same person that happened to, uh, to, to to have something different than someone else. Folks, while grace and the blood of Jesus are certainly the essential elements of the new birth and the beginning of the believer's walk with Jesus Christ, they're, they're not merely there to offer some type of free pass or to some hand stamp into heaven uh, uh, one day. But uh, that... That maybe we'll get past the, the gate. Maybe oh Saint Peter is going to say, "Okay, you got a handset, folks." That's not what the New Birth's all about. It, 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 as we continue to walk in the grip of sin, that it just says, "You know what? Oh, I know you're doing that, but you know you've got you've got a free pass." Or, or, or "I know you're, you're 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 breaking the law, but you know what? You, you've got a free pass." Folks, that's not what salvation is all about. Salvation is to change and, and to transform us. Those things, grace, which we talk about, the sufficiency of grace and the blood of Jesus. Folks, listen, those things are designed to literally wrest us or wrestle us from the bondage of sin and to separate us from the sin nature that we might fulfill God's decree that we be perfect even as He is perfect. Okay? That's what God desires for us. He wants us to walk in the fulfillment of that decree. It is a settled matter is what He's saying here in Romans 6.8. As a result of you being dead to Christ, He said that we believe that we shall also live with Him in that. And so, have you ever heard this? Remember the old bumper sticker you go down the road? Christians are not perfect. They're just forgiven. You ever read that? Oh, that's so cute. That is so wonderful. Well, that just gets my heart just feeling all warm and fuzzy. Folks, listen. You know what? How many of you adhere to that line of thinking and doctrine? That that you're just not you're not perfect. That you're just forgiven. Folks, listen. If you do, you are really in for a long and difficult journey. You you really are in your Christian walk. If you go around saying, you know what, I'm I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not perfect. I'm just I'm just forgiven. What you've done is you've bought into a half-hearted non-victorious salvation that will leave you ensnared in the exact same things that you so desperately desired to be freed from when you first received Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior listen that is not a prescription for victory that is a prescription for bondage you hear me? You, 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 uh, you, you have been changed and transformed by the blood of Jesus. You have been more than just forgiven. You have been being made perfected in Him that you should live in Him. Now listen to this. This is John chapter 17. The Gospel of John chapter 17. I want to explain this to you. I want to, I want to, I want to take you there, so to speak, in to this place of, of really understanding. And I hope you're going to get this, and I hope it's going to really cause you to walk in some victory and to see things in a different way. John chapter 17, verse 44, 14. Excuse me, 14 through 23. John 17, 14 through 23. This is Jesus talking to to the disciples, and he said, "I have given." The, actually, this is Jesus praying to God concerning his disciples. And he said I have given uh, them your word and the world has hating, hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. So folks listen Here, here's your prescription here's your expectation when 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 God when when uh, God gives us the word through the testimony of Jesus Christ the son of God the the prescription for that and the result of that is that the world is going to hate you. You hear me? They're going to despise everything you say and everything you do because you cease to be of the world. And so your philosophy ceases to be a worldly philosophy. Your attitude will cease to be a worldly attitude. Your your vision will cease to be a worldly vision. Your expectancy will cease to be a worldly expectancy. And so the world will hate you because the world will not be able to put a thumb on you. Just as we talked about in the last few classes, those things, the th- spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Because they will not be able to explain you, because they will not be able to understand you, because they will not be able to, 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 to uh, box you in, they will hate you as a result of that. Folks, some of you see that in your families. Do you not? You, you see it, your families are thinking, you know what, I got saved, I got changed and transformed. My, my family, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're cordial to me, but they have no understanding whatsoever. They think that I've lost my mind, they think that I've just blown a gasket. And, folks, you know, I saw that, you know, Melly and I did, and, and, and some of our family members when we first uh, got saved and entered the ministry many, many years ago. But, you know what, by constancy in, in our faith, in our declaration, it, it made believers out of many of them that they saw, listen, this isn't some passing fad or fancy, and, and you know they, they wanted to hold us under a microscope, but because we stood fast, immovable in, in, in the things of God, what did it do? It, it showed them that, listen, there is a change and transformation. They were always waiting for, for myself to digress back into who I was before Christ Jesus. But listen, I was no longer that person. I was made new. And so it says in verse 15, He said, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. And folks, we we would rather him pray that God takes us out of the world. But listen... God doesn't want to take us out of the world. He doesn't want to take us out of the, the place of influence. The Lord Jesus Christ has placed us here as his messengers and his ministers of reconciliation. And so when he's saying, I don't want to take, I don't want you to take them out because we need them there. We need them preaching the word to the lost and the dying and the broken and the battered, the confused, the, 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 the abused, and, and everyone else that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ. I do not want them taken out, but what I want them to do is to be kept from the evil one. And so what did he do? He provided the means to keep us from the evil one. He has separated us from that sin nature or that, that evil influence that's upon us that it, that it came to us from the fall of Adam, that it came to us and it was resident in our li- hearts and lives from the time that we were born. Then he says in verse 16, They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Folks, yeah, he said it again, didn't he? And listen, folks, listen, we're, the reason we're not, uh, the world can't understand this is because we speak a different language than the world. And so you're not of it just as He is not of it. You're in it, but not of it. Now, I want you to listen to this next part. This is what we're doing here on a daily basis. This is what we've been doing for the last 70, make it 71 today, lessons. Verse 17, He said, Father, sanctify them by Your truth. Sanctify them by Your truth. And He goes on to say, He defines it. He said, Your Word is truth. Folks, we talked about justification or this, or, or, or verse 7 qualifying us uh, for the things of God. But what happens or qualifying us for victory? But verse 8 is activating us for sanctification. But how does that get activated? You sanctify them or you activate yourself. You activate your heart or that new man by the truth. And he said, your word is truth. And so there is what we talked about to will and to do His good pleasure out of Philippians 2.13. And so, folks, as we come and we study the Word and we begin to learn of Him, we begin to know Him, we get act- uh, activated and sanctified by that, that truth and that we can be in the world and not be of it. Folks, where's your stopgap that you don't sin? It's because you're sanctified by the truth. You can you can flow in those times. You can go into the, the gang-infested areas. You can go into the drug-infested areas. You can go into the, to the, the places of prostitution and outside of bars or in jailhouses and not be into by those things why because they are contrary to who you are. You've been sanctified by the truth. You've been separated from the, the, the world. And you've been kept from the evil one. Why? Because the truth becomes the stopgap in you. There's no attraction to those things. There's a reason that you do not pour gasoline down your throat. Why? Because there's no attraction to that. You know that it is destructive. And it's the same thing, when we begin to walk in sanctification, that there, the, the appetite for sin is squashed and we're separated. Why? Because something has been sanctified in us. We have been become made perfect in Christ Jesus. And so, he says in verse 18, as you sent me into the world, he said, I have also sent them into the church. Is that what he said? He said, as I have been sent into the world, I have also sent them into a two hour worship service on Sundays to hide out for a while. Is that what he said? He says, as you sent me into the world, I've sent them to to just listen to praise and worship on the radio. What did he say? He said, I have sent them into the world. I have sent them into this hellish uh, place of debauchery amongst the demonized, amongst the the, the abusers, and amongst the covetous. I have sent them into that place. I've sent them into an environment so they can radically change the environment because they have been radically changed by the power and By the blood of Jesus. And this, now listen to what he says in in verse 19. And he says, For their sakes, he said, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Folks, listen, what's going to strengthen you and empower you is the truth. We talked about two lessons ago that the truth makes you free, that it doesn't merely just set you free, but what you become is you become the embodiment of truth, that you are sanctified by the truth, that when you become truth, in demonstration, if when you become truth, not only in, in, to will, but to do, when you become truth as a result of being His workmanship created under good works, then there's a sanctification, there's a separation, there's an activation in your spirit of the things of God. We talk about getting stirred up, we talk about getting built up, we talk about getting released. All those things happen as we come to God through the truth of His Word, through the moral conviction of the truthfulness of God, through faith, in the blood of Jesus and faith in, in the finished work of the cross, and that alone, then what happens is we're we're activated to do the things that God has called us to do. In verse twenty, uh, verse twenty, he said, "I do not pray for these alone, but for all those who what who will believe in me through their word." Folks, listen. Who are those things available for? Are they for the super Christian? Are they for the guy on television? Are they for the guy in the pulpit? No, they're just they're available for all those who will. Believe in Jesus. In verse 20, 21, it says, That they all may be one, even as you, Father, and me are are in me, and I in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. How's the world going to believe that you sent him? By the demonstration of our of, of that in our lives, of us believing and being sanctified. Now listen to verse twenty two. You don't want to miss this. He says, And the glory which you gave me I have given unto them. So folks, you know what we're in possession of? We're in possession of the glory of God. There's that account that I was talking about that He's deposited. He's deposited His power, He's deposited His righteousness, and He's deposited His glory in the midst of it. He said, The glory which you gave me I've given to them that, that they may be one just as we are one. In verse twenty three, you gotta hear this. He said, I and them and you and me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Folks, listen. you you got to get that part in your heart. What God's desire and what, why Jesus died, why Jesus sanctified, why He has sent the truth is that you might be made perfect. And so, what is convincing to the world is not your being like the world and make excuses for walking in obedience to the sin nature. What is convincing to the world is, is, is like is being activated in sanctification that you become, you're become you in the world but not of the world. That's what's convincing to the world. It's not, it's not the somebody that says, you know what, man, I just love that preacher because he's just so real. That he'll sit up here and he'll tell us all the times that, that he's bound by lust and he's bound by, by greed. He's bound by you know, doubt and unbelief. Man, that just, that just makes me really want to serve God more. Folks, listen. I tell you what. If the guy behind the pulpit can't walk in victory, how's he going to preach victory? Really? How's he? How's he going to? How's he going to preach a victorious gospel if he does not even know what a victorious gospel is? Do you hear what I'm saying? He is calling us to that place of perfection. And does, now, don't get me wrong. People don't want to jump all over this. Does that mean that there's no sin, no missing the mark? Absolutely not. That mark is so high that just like Paul said, Paul said, listen, I'm not, he said, I'm not boasting that I've attained, but at what I've learned to do, he said, I forget those things that are behind. And he said, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. The same one that's calling us to this place of perfection is the same one that testified, listen, I'm pressing in. I'm moving forward. Now, now listen to this. Hebrews 10.14. I, I want to explain this to you. Hebrews 10, 13, 14, 10, 14 says this. It says, For by one offering He has perfected forever them that are sanctified. You hear that? For by one offering... Now, what offering is He talking about? He's talking about the cross, isn't He? He's not talking about uh, what, what we can do, our self-righteousness. He said, For by one offering, by the cross, He has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now, folks, listen. If I go back to verse to, to, to the beginning of verse 8, now if we are dead with Christ, or as a result of that, or because we've been rendered dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Now, that's that activation of sanctification in our life. Now, I've got to believe that truth. And so Jesus, the prayer He gave in John 17, He's saying, God, let them, let them understand this. Let them have the truth, because if they can get this truth in them, get the truth of the Word then what's going to happen? Then they're going to be sanctified by your truth. It's the exact same thing that's said here in Hebrews 10.14. For by one offering, for by Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection, He has perfected forever. Who has perfected? He has perfected us based upon what we do? No. Based upon what we don't do, no. He has perfected us based upon what Jesus Christ done, and if we're truly in Christ, then we are—we have been sanctified by Him. We have had the, the the faith of God, the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, the passion of God, the power of God, and the compassion of God activated in our lives, folks. This perfecting is to be made or rendered holy into something, and so that's what perfection is. It's—it's it's, I've been rendered into something. You know, we think about it in the in the in the in the English vernacular so many times. We think that, that perfection is just somebody sitting somewhere and you're not it's behind glass. Or it's a piece of art that says it's oh it's perfect. Don't don't touch it. That's not what perfection is. It's been made we've been rendered or we've been changed into something. Folks, we talked about it at the first being baptized, being submerged like in the in in in, in the in the furnace of the of the, the smith that, that burns up the, the things, the impurities and the iron. Folks, listen, we've been rendered unto something. Through the through the Word of God, through the blood of Jesus, through uh, the the transformation of, of of the new birth, and so one, uh, our perfection. Listen to this: is not measured by our self righteousness or self reliance, folks. There is a difference between perfection and performance. Okay, let me say that to you. There is a difference between perfection and performance. You can go out and feed all the hungry people you want to. You can go out and do all the nice things. You can do a Christian car wash and say, well, they're going to see how neat I did their car and I did it for free and they're going to get saved. You can do all those things and, folks, that's not perfection. You you can memorize all 66 books of the King James Bible. That is not perfection. That's performance. There is a difference between perfection and performance. What most people are asking is not, are you perfected or rendered holy by the blood of Jesus, but rather, are you performing up to the level of what I think you should be performing? Okay? And so if you ask me, Pastor Schwartz, do you think you're perfect? Absolutely, I believe I'm perfect. Why? Because I know what perfection is. I have been made perfect by Christ Jesus. And if you've got a problem with me saying I'm perfect, I'm not the one that said it about me. I'm just repeating what Jesus said. I'm just repeating His words. And so we, are been, we have been made perfect in Him. Not we have been made to perform perfection, but we have been made, in essence, and in, in who we are, perfection in Christ Jesus. He has perfected Himself in us. We have, he, has, he, has perfected, he has rendered us into a different state. Now listen to this. And you've got to get this. One is a statement of observation. That's performance. The other is a state of being. That's perfection performance is a statement of observation perfection is a state of being okay one is a statement of observation performance is The other is a state of being. Okay, I don't want to be a statement of performance. I don't want to be based upon what I do. I want who I am to be based upon what Jesus did and performed for me on the cross. Why? Because my performance will always fall flat. My performance will always disappoint. My performance will never measure up. But the condition of who I am in Christ Jesus, amen, is going to change those things. Now listen to this. Acts 17.28 Acts 17.28 I'm going to read this, but I want you to keep in in, in mind that perfection is a state of being. Acts 17.28 tells us this, For in Him, speaking of Jesus, we live and move and have our being. Why doesn't it say in Him we live and move and have our doing? Do you hear me? In Him we live and move and have our being because we are His offspring. It goes on to say at the last part of verse 28. Folks, who you are will dictate what you do. okay? Who you are should dictate what you do. What you do should never dictate who you are. And you think you may think that's a paradox, but it's not whatsoever. Who we are should always dictate or produce the fruit or the evidence of, 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 of what we end up doing. It should flow out of that. We should not say, well, I'm going to do these things to become. Folks, listen. Your perfection, your holiness, your righteousness are not based upon any performance that you can do. They're based solely upon the finish. Your faith in the finished work of the cross of Calvary. And so then you can stand with confidence and assurance. Uh, In the natural, is my old man perfect? Absolutely not. My old man was was frail and feeble and fallible. He was the biggest goof-up that you would ever see in your life. But when I came in Christ Jesus, I ceased to be identified with that. And so now what my desire is to do is to produce the fruit of who I am. And so the manifestation of the things that I do are are not to make me perfect, but there is a, a fruit and the result of how I've been rendered holy in Christ Jesus. Hebrews thirteen twenty through twenty one. Hebrews thirteen twenty through twenty one. It says, "Now the peace, uh, now the peace, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Jesus, uh, our Lord Jesus, that great Shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do His will." working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, whom be glory forever and ever. Did you hear that? He said, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, how? Through the blood of the covenant, through faith in the blood, make you perfect in every good work to do His will. You will only accomplish His will when you have accomplished uh, uh, the, the, the truth and the sanctification of knowing that He has perfected you because of His blood. If we are dead with Christ, we believe that we should also live with Him. If I, am who, uh, if I am who and what He says that I am, then that purpose will be realized and I will walk in the newness of my life in Christ Jesus. Do you hear that? If I am who and what that Jesus says that I am, then the purpose of that will be realized in everything that I walk out in relationship to the newness of my life in Christ Jesus. I'll show that to you at Colossians chapter 2, verse sixteen, Verse 6. Colossians 2, 6-13. Colossians 2, 6-13. The first first verse, the verse 6, is is going to tell. it, It really serves as kind of a definitive thing to show you something. Colossians 2, 6. It says, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in Him. Folks, listen. We are going to walk to the degree that we've received Him. You know how I want to receive Jesus Christ? I want to receive Him holy, fully. I want to receive Him in righteousness. I want to receive Him power. That's, the, that's what we talked about. And you've heard me quote 1 Thessalonians one five so many times. Our gospel came not in word only, but in power and in demonstration of the Holy Spirit with much assurance that you might know what manner of men that we are. As you have received Christ Jesus, walk in Him. You know what? People are going to walk into the degree that they've received Him. If, if, if we receive Him as a halfway, a half-witted Savior... We're going to live a halfway and half-witted compromising life. But if we receive Him through truth and through the sanctification and through the washing and the regeneration of the Word that change and transform us, what are we going to do? We're going to walk in accordance with that victory. He says, walk uh, in the way that you've received Christ. Walk in Him, verse 7, rooted and built up in Him and established in what? In the faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Sanctify them by your truth, He told us. He said, an assumption of faith as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. I need to be thankful because of the things that God has taught me. That, that God has showed me and revealed to me that way I can be built up and rooted in the things that He has. Then He presented verse 8. He said, But beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men and the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Folks, I want you to be aware of the things that come out of radio stations and television that they spoil through the vain philosophies. The problem is, is many of those philosophies and vain deceits call it, call it Christianity. And what they do is they, they preach a, a, a gospel of bondage rather than a gospel of freedom and liberty. He said, you know, uh, and, and liberty. Uh, you know, it is for freedom that He made you free. He made me free to be free from the yoke of that sin nature, to give me the mechanics to, to lift things that I couldn't lift, to unlock things that couldn't be unlocked, to, to, to know things that I couldn't know in the natural. In verse 9, it says, For in Him all the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily. In verse 10, you are a lot in him you are most things you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power there we go that principality and power again uh, you are you are completed him of all archa the, the origination and power of the excuses you are folks we are complete in Christ Jesus and once we realize that listen it should influence if, if we realize who we are it should influence our doing. You hear what I'm saying? Our doing should never be the only thing that realizes, uh, 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 causes us to realize what we are. But because of who I am in Christ Jesus... Man, it should influence and cause the purpose of the new life in Christ Jesus to come pouring out of me. In whom you are also circumcised with the uncir- with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body and the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ Jesus. We talked about that a ton in, in chapter 3. Buried with Him in baptism, wherein you are risen with Him through the faith and the operation of God, who has raised Him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins. There we go. If we are dead with Christ, you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcised of your flesh, He has quickened together with Him, having forgiven you of all your treasures passage. Having made you perfect. He's desired to make you perfect. And so, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Is what that last part says. What it does, what what does it mean to the believer? What are we thinking about the true believer? I'm fixing to tell you. John 7, 38. It says, He that believes on me, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And so, when it says in that last part of that verse we're studying today, verse 8, we believe that we shall also believe in Him. Folks, listen. There's a criteria for belief. John seven thirty eight. John seven thirty eight. Out of our belly is going to flow rivers of living water. What's the river of living water? It's the same water that was given in John 4 when He met the woman at the well. You drink of this water, you will not thirst any longer. Folks, listen. If I truly believe, you know what's going to come out of me? It's going to be the Gospel. I'm going to be preaching to the lost. I'm going to be sharing my faith. I'm going to be sharing the testimony of Jesus. That's going to, that's going to, that's going to reveal to people, reveal to the world that what I'm all about. I'm not going to be arguing... Uh, 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 points of darwinism i'm not going to be doing all these other i'm going to be talking it's going to flow out of me the gospel lord jesus christ the, the the living water folks our life our perfection our power our holiness our strength is all derived from our relationship and continual reliance in jesus christ our lord He is perfecting us. He has perfected us through the blood of Jesus, that we would be uh, walking in that purpose of Him to tell the world about Him. Second Chronicles sixteen nine. I am going to finish with this this morning. Second Chronicles sixteen nine. It says, "For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards Him." Now, if you have a problem with saying, "You know, listen, man, I am perfect," then you'll never have a, a heart perfect towards Him. Wherein you has done foolishly, therefore from hence show, uh, he shall say, have wars. Folks, listen. What he's desired for us is a heart that is perfect towards him. You know how we're perfected in him is his faith in the perfection of Christ Jesus. That listen, if I'm born again, I've been perfected because of not because of me, because of my goodness, because of uh, doing all the do's and not doing all the don'ts. But I am perfected and I'm in Christ because I have faith in the blood of Jesus. Folks, listen. He says, be perfect as He is perfect. We believe we should also live in Him. The only way that we can live in Him is to know who we are in Christ Jesus. Now, if we are dead with Christ, since we are, as a result of that, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Folks, we are totally out of time today. I hope you're getting that. I know it's going to challenge you. This because it, I know it challenges that, that that religious thinking that we get sometime, and and we want to think that humility is saying, well, I'm just such a little wretched person. I'm just not perfect. That's not humility. That's pride. That's self righteousness. And so what you're doing is you're making your testimony based upon you, folks. If it was about you, you would have hung upon the cross. But there's not a single one of us that had the ability of the righteousness to hang upon the cross and to demonstrate anything in of ourselves. Listen, your testimony is the testimony of Jesus. He said, I'm, I'm, "I'm sanctified in you. I'm sanctified myself, that they also may be sanctified in me." He said, "I, I the glory that you have given me, I, I, I receive it that I may give it unto them." Folks, listen. That's who Jesus wants us to be in Christ Jesus not built up in ourselves, but built up in our most holy faith. We're out of time. Once again, folks, i got good news for you. If you'll get into God's Word, God's Word will get into you.